You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Wednesday, February 16th. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, this is the Sports Ethos presentation. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. Always interested in hearing feedback, thoughts, comments, ideas. Uh, hit me up, follow me on Twitter. And if you're not already, I've got two Twitter handles from our group at Sports Ethos. I highly recommend. The first one is Ethos Wagering. There you get a free play of the day. You'll get thoughts, comments throughout the day, feedback, uh, online movements, a um, bit of everything. Another one, if you're a fantasy basketball fan, I highly recommend Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. So a quick recap of yesterday. Uh, a lot of games in the NBA, but I was only on one. Uh, Atlanta minus one against Cleveland. They easily covered that one. So I won that one. Uh, in the NCAA, I was two for two. Uh, I was on Toledo minus eight against Kent State. They did not cover that, but the under 146 hit. I was also on Memphis at minus three, uh, and they beat Cincinnati easily. So I think Penny Hardaway and his guys are back on track. Going to be watching them over the next couple weeks because uh, I think people are still undervaluing them a little. And then I was on Kentucky on the money line. They were catching two points, but I took the money line at Tennessee, and they laid, laid a huge egg. And easily lost to Tennessee. So went two and two there for minus 0.1 units. So overall three and two plus 
nine units. So not a bad day. It's always good to be in the positive. But we move on. Um, big night in the NBA. 11 games on the docket. On uh, the NCAA, there's 51. And there's some on the ice as well, which I'll touch on. Uh, but let's first of all hit the NBA boards. Let me just pull up my sheet here for the NBA. We start the night in Orlando with the Atlanta Hawks on the second night of a back-to-back. They're home last night. They're on the road tonight at Orlando. Atlanta finds himself five and a half point favorites, total 226 and a half. Um, I got I have this game more as a slight lean to Orlando uh, to Atlanta. So laying five and a half is too many for me. It's a fade. If I had to pick a side, I would lean to Orlando. The total, uh, I'm not touching either. I would lean slightly under, but not touching that. The next night is the battle of, well, the old New York teams. The New York teams, yes. Brooklyn uh, faces the Knicks. The Knicks find themselves four and a half point favorites, total 216. This game's a stay away from me as well. Uh, I was out on Brooklyn, and they played great the other day with their shorthanded bench uh, getting the win. So, And you never know what Knicks team is going to show up. Both teams are fairly healthy. The Knicks are minus R.J. Barrett and Nerlens Noel. Um I would probably lean towards. I would lean towards the Knicks if they were one and a half, two, two and a half, but a four and a half. It's a little too rich for me. So staying away from that game. The third game of the night sees the red hot Boston Celtics host the Detroit Pistons. The Celtics are on the back half um, of two games in a row. They were on the road yesterday. They're at home tonight. On the road yesterday, they blew out Philadelphia by 48 points, 135-87. I was leaning on that game, but I couldn't pull the trigger. I think it got up to about Boston minus uh, three, three and a half. And I thought that was a little rich, uh, but wow, should have played that game for sure. Anyways, Boston is at home tonight, uh, and they host Detroit. 12 and a half point favorites, total 213. I'm not on this game. Laying 12 and a half points is a little too many for me. Boston's healthy. Marcus Smart is doubtful. But even if he's not there, uh, I don't think it really matters. I could see the Celtics winning easy. I could see the Celtics winning by 20 or 30. Because the, the Pistons, if you've listened to my show, you know that they've given up a lot of games. Well, especially on the road, they've got blown out. Um, I can look at this game maybe, but I think 12 and a half points is just a few too many for me. The next game, uh, Indiana is on the back of a home-and-home home for them. So two straight games at home. They host the Wizards tonight. I was looking at this game. Just too many injuries for me. Indiana's favored by one. Total 226. For Washington, you have Beal out, probably out for the year. Gafford's out. Porzingis has yet to play for them. He's still injured. Uh, on the Pacers' side, you've got Brogdon out, McConnell out, Isaiah Jackson out. And uh, with Sabonis gone... Just too many question marks in this game for me. I have India at about two and a half point favorite, but that my model is based on both these teams having most of those players that are injured or gone in it. So I would lead Indy, um, but not touching this one. Too close to call. Portland travels to Memphis. Memphis was on the road last night. They're at home tonight, and they find themselves a huge 11 and a half point favorite over the Trailblazers. 229 and a half is the total. Um, my model has Memphis at about a nine point favorite. So Lane, again, though, that's probably factoring in Portland with a fairly healthy roster of not the players they traded. So they're short Lillard tonight. Bledsoe hasn't reported. Ingles is out. Memphis has Ja Morant questionable and Dylan Brooks out. Um, if Ja didn't play and this line came down to seven or eight, I would still, I would maybe then look at Memphis. Uh, but I can't take 11 and a half points. I think they win. I think they win easy. 
But Portland's had some interesting games since they've traded all their players. They've won a couple, uh, so I'm not ruling them out, and laying 11.5 is a few too many. San Antonio travels to Oklahoma City. The Spurs find themselves eight-point favorites on the road, total 218. Both teams fairly healthy, other than OKC obviously missing Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Mike Muscala is out. Not that that's a huge factor. Um, I like San Antonio to win here. I don't like them laying eight. I was looking at taking the Thunder plus eight at home, um, but they were wildly inconsistent for me, so not going to touch that one. Next game that I was considering and still may watch, see where this line goes. Sacramento travels to Chicago. Uh, the Bulls are six-point favorites. 232.5 is the total. The Bulls are obviously missing uh, Lonzo Ball. Zach Levine is out again. And Caruso. Although, I think they can beat most teams even with a shorthanded lineup. Uh, and Sacramento laid a huge egg uh, against, the, uh, against the Nets the other night. I had them on the road as two, three-point favorite. I just figured the Nets were so shorthanded. Uh, and they went into two... Uh, play Brooklyn and lost. So can't back Sacramento. I would look, I might look at Chicago. I'm not sure about that, but laying six, I've got to go up the line about five and a half. So if that drops down to five and a half, I definitely uh, consider it more. The Raptors, the next game that I traveled to Minnesota. Minnesota is played at home last night, at home again tonight. Raptors come in in a couple days rest. They're two point favorites. Toronto is 227 and a half the total. Freddie Van Fleet is questionable, banged his knee in their last game. Um, but likely to play, but we're currently listed as questionable. So if he's not in the lineup, <clears throat> I think this favor- the line probably swings to Minnesota. Anthony Edwards is also questionable. This line opened minus one when I saw it, up to minus two now, so I think that means Van Fleet is probably a go. Um, Raptors are playing great. Uh, I just, on the road, it's a little tough. Minnesota on the back-to-back. I know they've been at home, but back-to-back nights. I'd probably lean the Raptors here, although my line is Minnesota favored, but I'd probably lean the Raptors in this situation because they've been playing so well lately. Houston travels to Phoenix in what will not be the game of the night. Houston on back-to-back home games, uh, back-to-back nights of home games. Uh, Houston comes in on rest. The Suns are favored by 16. 234 is the total. I could see this total going under because I think Phoenix just blows them out and then just slows the game down. Uh, but I can't touch a 16-point line, not in the NBA. Both teams are relatively healthy. Phoenix should win this easy, could cover, um, but 16 points is a lot delay. The one game that I am on is the next one. Denver travels to Golden State. The Warriors, five-point favorites, total 225 and a half. Um, Monte Morris is questionable for Denver. For the Warriors, Draymond's still out and Iguodala is out. Other than that, uh, James Wiseman's out, but he hasn't really been around much anyway. So other than that, fairly uh, healthy teams. I actually like Golden State laying the five. Uh, this was about five and a half earlier in the day, came down to five. Um, I've got them as about eight point favorites. So I am on the Warriors tonight laying five at home against Denver. And the final game, the, the night sees the Jazz travel to LA to face the Lakers. Jazz are four and a half point favorites. Total is 226 and a half. AD is probable. LeBron is questionable. I think those tags are pretty much just consistent. I think they just copy and paste those every night in the NBA. Uh, injury report. So Anthony Davis probable, LeBron questionable. Let's assume they both play. Uh, uh, Gobert is back for Utah, although not 100%. Um, I'm not really sure. This this, this game is a complete stay away from me. I like Utah to win. I don't know that lay, I'd be, I'm comfortable laying four and a half. So the only game of the night in the NBA I'm on is Golden State minus, uh, minus five. 
on to the NCAA. I think this is a great slate of games. 51 games in total. Not a lot of huge... Well, there's a couple marquee names. Um, but a lot of interesting games to me. Uh, we start off the night in uh, Big Ten. St. John's travels to Xavier. Xavier 7.5 point favorites. Total 149.5. I would actually lean St. John's to cover. don't think they could win this game. Um, but I, I would lean for them to cover. Boston College travels to Notre Dame, where Notre Dame's a nine-point favorite, 130.5. I think I would actually look to Notre Dame. They've been playing fairly well. Boston College has just been a mess this year. I don't like laying nine points, especially in a road game, or in in an ACC conference game. But I just think Notre Dame has the ability to get up early and just kind of cruise to an easy win. The first game of the night I'm on is in the Southern Conference. East Tennessee State travels to Mercer. East Tennessee... Uh, Mercer finds himself three-point favorites, but I'm on the total. It's 140 and a half, and I'm actually over. Uh, I'm on the over at 140 and a half. These teams played January 19th at East Tennessee State, uh, and East Tennessee State won 72-64. But there's some interesting stats here. When you look at their uh, effective field goal rate, East Tennessee State is at 52.5%. So that's the total number of their shots they're sinking, and that's 42nd in the country. Mercer's defense is 318th, uh, so not very good. The flip side of that, Mercer is 52.8% effective field goal rate, so 61st in the country. And East Tennessee State is number 299th team defending. Uh, When you break that down a little more, two-point field goals, uh, just quickly, Mercer is a 299th team defending both a two-point and three-point, so they don't do very well against that. Uh, East Tennessee State is the 42nd best three-point team in the land. So they do, they're hitting about 37 point, 36.7% of their shots, which is the 42nd best in the country. Uh, and Mercer is terrible at defending number 299 in the country. The interesting point here, and this goes for both teams actually, but East Tennessee State, 39.2% of their total points come from three-point field goals. That's the 22nd most in the country. So they rely on the three-point field goals a lot, and Mercer is the 299th team defending it. The flip side of that... Same story. Mercer hits 35.9% of their three-point shots. That's uh, number 64 in the country. But 45% of Mercer's points that they score every game comes from three-point field goals. And that's 45th in the country. Uh, East Tennessee State is a slightly above average, defending slightly above average. They're number 162 in the country, defending the three ball. So you have two teams who rely on a three-point shot a lot. You have one who is terrible in defending it um, in Mercer, and you have one who is basically league average, slightly above league average in East Tennessee State in defending it. So I think a lot of points can be scored um, on the season. East Tennessee State is averaging 72.1 points for, 72.9 against. Mercer, 70.9 points for, 71.3 against. So if they both put up 70-ish, um, you're looking at 140. Totals 140 and a half. Uh, and last two time, last time these guys played, uh, it didn't quite get there. It got to 138. But in that game, the interesting thing is Mercer only shot 28% uh, from three. So right now they're averaging 35.9. Like I said, 64th in the country. They only shot 28% in that game. And uh, so I think that's relevant. In in the, in the three sources, the three analytical sources I use, uh, all of this game going over as well. Ken Palm's got it 146. Bart Torvik's got it 144. And Jeff Sagarin's system has 149.5. So I was on the over, checked all those sites. They all support my thesis, let's call it. 
So we are on the over of East Tennessee State at Mercer. Uh, going down the board, some other interesting games. Georgia is at LSU. I'm on this game too. Uh, Georgia comes in 16-point underdogs, total 146. Georgia is having a brutal year, especially on the road. LSU is doing well. Um, great defensively. They got a couple injuries. Their their uh, number one kind of all-around player, Xavier Pinson, was down for a few games. So they had a few losses. He's back. I don't think he's back to 100%. I'm not on the total here. Laying 16 points uh, is is a lot um, in an SEC conference game at this time of year. Sorry, I'm not on the side, but I am on the total of under 146. And this is because Georgia is terrible on the road. LSU has the number one adjusted efficiency on defense. Xavier Pinson's back. And um, I just think that, that that alone, their defense is fantastic. Uh, LSU should be able to score and should be able to win, I think, easy. Uh, but I think their defense will be able to hold Georgia to probably less than 60 points. Right now, LSU is giving up 61.1 points per game. Georgia's only 0.6 points per game. An interesting stat, too, in three-point field goals, Georgia hits uh, 31.4%, which is number 285 in the country. And on defense, LSU only allows 27.9, so they're number seven defending the three ball. So Georgia's not very good at three-point shooting. LSU's great at it. That's going to limit Georgia's points. And I just think LSU's defense is too strong. So, uh, again, when I cite the um, analytical tools, Ken Palm's got it at 141, Torvik 142, and Sagarin's got 141. So I'm happy to go in the under 146 uh, in this game. Also, 7 p.m., you have Illinois traveling to the rack to play Rutgers. The Illini come in as four-point favorites, total 135. Uh, If anything, I would probably be on Rutgers. I think Illinois is a far better team, um, but Rutgers has been unbelievable at the rack this year again. So I would take Rutgers plus four. Uh, I'm not on this game, but I would certainly lean to Rutgers plus four. The next game I'm on uh, is UMass travel to St. Bonaventure. UMass comes in as 11.5 point underdog, total 145, and I'm actually on the total of over 145. I was on the Bonnies to start the year just in general, um, playing great defense. And winning, and then they kind of started to let me down, and I've been off. I've been fading them. I've been making some money fading them. But the last couple of weeks, they seem to turn things around. They're not playing as strong a defense as they were known for last year and earlier in the year. And that is because they have a, as a, if you know, if you listen to the show, they basically have a five-man rotation uh, with no depth. So I think they tend to wear down late in games. Uh, they've let a few teams co- get back in in the cover. That's why I'm not touching this line. 11.5 is way too many. Uh, I think the Bonnies win early, uh, uh, win easy. But they've been, they've been letting teams in the game, and I think it's because they're wearing down late in the game. That also means, uh, hopefully, additional points. Uh, when I look at both teams are fairly good on offense, adjusted efficiency. you got UMass coming in at 48th in the country. Uh, the Bonnies are number 57 in the country. Uh, when it comes to three-point field goals, I think this is an interesting stat. Uh, UMass is it's 38.7 of the three-point shots, which is seventh in the country. Yeah, interesting because, so obviously they're good at it, but interesting because for some reason, St. Bonaventure does not defend the three-point line. They're number 228 in the country. So they're not good at defending the three-point line. UMass loves the three-point shot. And 40% of UMass's points every game, 40% of their points are from the three-point shot. That's 18th most in the country. So they're going to be 
chucking from beyond the arc all night long. They're pretty good at it, obviously. Well, very good at it. They're seventh in the country. And the Bonnies seem to give up the line. So I think UMass has the ability to score some points. The flip side of that is why I think the Bonnies will score some points. They, they rarely shoot threes. Uh, and from two... From inside the arc, they're 50.9%, which is 125th in the country. So above average, not not fantastic, but above average. 125th in the country. UMass is the 337th team defending shots inside the arc. So they give up a ton of two-point shots. So that's important, but also important is that the Bonnies 57.3% of their points. So 57.3% of St. Bonaventure's points every game comes from shots inside the arc, and that's 23rd in the country. So you've got a great three-point shooting team in UMass. And St. Bonaventure can't, doesn't defend the three. You've got a very good, uh, above average, uh, two-point shooting team in St. Bonaventure. And UMass is terrible defending that. I think you add those up, you get a lot of points. When I look at the uh, analytical tools, the total 145, I'm on the over. Ken Palm's got it 154. Torvik's got it 152. And Sagarin's got it 153. So I, uh, they're all in line with me once again. So I'm quite happy to take that game. Uh, going down the board, Miami travels to Louisville. Miami's a two-point favorite on the road at Louisville. Total 142. I'd be on Miami here just because Louisville's uh, all over the place. Since they fired their coach, Chris Mack, I don't know what to expect. Very inconsistent. Miami's, Miami's been hot and cold. They won at Duke a few weeks ago. Then they cooled down. They seem to have right, righted the ship a little. This is, I, would, I would definitely lean Miami, but uh, not touching this game. Mississippi State travels to Alabama. Uh, the Crimson Tide are six-point favorites, total 150.5. I looked at this game. Uh, I, I'm on, I would be on Bama. It's a few point, it's a couple points too many. If this were a four-and-a-half point, maybe five-point spread, I'd look to Bama. Uh, but at six, I'm going to stay away. But I would definitely lean Bama. Uh, going down the board, we've got Evansville travels to Drake. Drake's a 17-point favorite, total 127.5. I'm leaning Evansville here. Way too many points to give. Drake is a terrible cover team. Obviously, I think Drake wins this easy, and judged by the 17 points, so does so does uh, so does Vegas. Uh, I just don't know that they can cover that, or I just don't know that they will cover that many. So if I had to take a side, I would take Evansville. Um, interesting Big East game. Georgetown travels to Marquette. Marquette 13 point favorites, 154 and a half. Marquette uh, was hot. They've cooled a little. Swept Villanova, won two games, and then they've kind of cooled down the last week or so. 13 points is a lot to lay, but Georgetown is brutal this year. Uh, this is to stay away from me. If I had to take a side, I'd take Georgetown. It's just Big East game laying 13 points is a couple too many for me, uh, but don't want to touch this game. Uh, in the ACC at 8 p.m. in the East, you have Pittsburgh traveling to North Carolina. The Tar Heels are 13 and a half point favorites. 141 and a half is a total. I like UNC to win this game, to win this game easy. And they're just uh, Pittsburgh is not a good team. They're a really bad team away from home this year. Uh, I just think laying much like the last game, laying that many points, 13 and a half points in an ACC game in February is a few too many for me. So I like UNC to win. Probably pit the cover. Uh, as we go down the board, we get Seton Hall traveling to Connecticut. UConn is a five and a half point favorite, 136 and a half. I would probably lean Seton Hall. Um, I think UConn wins, but I think Seton Hall has been playing a little better lately, and they have the ability to keep this game close. So I would maybe lean towards the Pirates, but not on, not on this game. Probably what I think is going to be the mo- one of the most interesting and the most interesting game of the night is Baylor travels to Texas Tech. Tech is one-and-a-half point favorite, total 136-and-a-half. Um, I think this line was at two earlier in the day, so it's come down. 
I'd be on Texas Tech. Uh, Baylor down their big man, Jonathan Chachachua. Jonathan Chachwama. Uh Baylor's down him, and that's a huge presence uh, inside. And I don't think that they'll be able to make up for that. I think, and, and they've been struggling lately. He's been, he got hurt, I think, a game and a half ago. Uh, but even before that, they've been struggling lately. They've kind of fallen out of that top three where they were uh, floating around most of the year. And I think they have the ability to bounce back, but I think on the road, this place will be hopping. Big game. I think Tech wins it. I would take Tech. I, I would think Texas Tech wins it by two or three. So I may look to that later. Texas Tech minus one and a half. Uh, traveling down the board, 9 p.m. in the East, Purdue. The Boilermakers travel, travel Northwestern. Purdue finds themselves six-point favorite. 147 is the total. Um, I'm not sure I could take Purdue laying six. They've been... Uh, I mean, they, they're an elite team. They'll If they don't get a... They'll probably get a two-seed in the tournament. Um, but I, I like Purdue to win. I just think Northwestern's not a good team. And I don't think they have an answer for Purdue's two big men. If this were line were four and a half, maybe five, it'd be on Purdue. But at six, it's a stay away from me. Um... Vanderbilt travels to Auburn. The Tigers find themselves 13.5-point favorites, 143.5 is the total. I'd be on Vandy in this game. Uh, I think Auburn takes this game a little too easy. They should win. They should win easy. Uh, Vandy's out there uh, fighting for some pride. Uh, SEC turn games this time of year, it's always a tough conference, like all the power conferences. So I would lead in Vandy in this one. Don't expect them to win by, by any stretch. Uh, and then a couple more games I'm going to touch on, but on the main board... 11 o'clock in the East, you have Gonzaga traveling to Pepperdine. Gonzaga minus 30 and a half, uh, over under 163 and a half. As with every game that Gonzaga plays, this is a stay away from me. I could never lay 30 and a half points, but oh my gosh, they've been just drubbing everybody. So uh, it's kind of hard to say you should fade them. Um, but laying 30 and a half points is just a few too many for me. Now, if you look at the extra games, um, some of the smaller conferences, there is one game I like there, kind of a uh, it's an America. Two games, sorry. In the America East. Uh, one you have, the first one is trying to find it, pull it up here. Maine travels to Hartford. Hartford's nine and a half point favorite. Total is 134. And I'm actually on Hartford minus nine and a half and the over 134. These two teams play January 31st uh, at Maine. Hartford 178.66. So that's a total of 144. Um, and I think I'm on the over. Both teams and adjusted efficiency and defense are brutal. Hartford's number 336, Maine's number 346. So they don't, neither team likes to defend. When it comes to three point shooting, um, neither team is, well, sorry, Maine is not all that great. They're uh, 32.1% is number 250 in the country. But Hartford defending is a 281st uh, in the event um, from running teams off the three point line. So uh, there might be some shots for Maine because Hartford is weak there. The flip side of that, though, Hartford. Three-point shooting uh, hits 36.7% of their shots, with his, which is number 41 in the country. So they're good at three-point shooting. Maine is the 339th worst team defending a three-point shot. Add to that that Hartford, 39.8% of Hartford, so almost 40% of Hartford's points per game come from the three-point shot. That's number 21 in the country. So Hartford takes a lot of three-point shots. They hit a lot of three-point shots. And Maine does not defend a three-point shot i.e. a lot of points for Hartford. That leads me to, to their cover of minus 9.5, and, and that leads me to the total. Uh, also, in the two-point field goal, these teams are a little better. Uh, well, one team is. 
Maine is 45.4% in two points shots. That's 323 in the country, so they ain't very good at that. Uh, Hartford is 52.2%, number 83 in the country. And again, Maine defending the two-point shot is 328th. So in a ranking in the country, Maine defends the three-point shot 339th worst, defends defends the two-point shot 328th worst. And Hartford's pretty good at both of those, especially the three-point. Also, both these teams have been playing a lot to the over, as have a lot of the America East teams. Uh, Maine is 13-8 and eight to the over, and Hartford's 13-9-1. and one. And finally, when I look at the uh, three analytical tools that I use, this total of 134, Ken Palm's got it at 140, Torvik's 138, and Sagarin's 136. They all go over. They've also all got this spread going over. Tor- uh, Ken Palm's got a Hartford minus 12, Torvik, Hartford minus 11.9, so basically minus 12, and Sagarin, Hartford minus 10.5. So it is a big spread uh, for sure, but I'm on Hartford nine, minus nine and a half, and I'm on the over of 134. The next game and the last one I'm on, also in the America East, UMass Lowell travels to NGIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology. UMass Lowell comes in as a four-point favorite. The total is 132. And what's interesting in this game is these guys played January 6th uh, at um, U- UMass Lowell. NGIT won 77-72, so 149 points, well over this implied total. But what's interesting is from three points, uh, NGIT shot 8 for 18, or 44.4%. Their season average in three-point shooting is 31.7, so they shot well above their head uh, in that game. They also shot 50% from two, whereas they shoot about 49.6, so kind of in line with their uh, season average there, but shot really well from three. When you look at these teams, and the reason I'm on the other, their three-point shooting... For, no, sorry, let me back up. Their adjusted efficiency in offense, UMass Lowell's 254, so uh, below average, and NGIT is number 352, so the seventh worst team in the country. When it comes to three-point shooting, UMass Lowell hits 31.7. That's number 274 in the country. And uh, NGIT is not bad at defending that. They're 152nd in the country, so a little above average in defending that. The flip side of that is NGIT hits 31.9% of their threes, um, which is 261st in the country. Now, UMass Lowell doesn't do much of a job defending that. They're 335th, so not very good at defending that. But neither team is great from the three-point line is what I'm saying. Two points, uh, two-point field goals. UMass Lowell hits about 49.6, as I said earlier, 100, which is 182nd, so pretty much right above league, about league average. And NGIT hits 45.7, which is 313th in the country. So NGIT is 261st in three-point shooting, 313th in two-point shooting. The interesting thing is UMass Lowell does defend the two-point shot well. They're the 37th best team defending the two-point shot. So uh, I'm on the under. Three analytical tools that I reference here also uh, slightly under. Ken Palm's 129, Torvik's 128, Sagarin's 125.5. So I'm on the under 132. This one's a little questionable, but I do like this. Uh, I think this game gets slowed down from the pace that they played previously. Um, and I'm not on the line. I was looking UMass Lowell, but the game's at NGIT. NGIT won the first one by five. They're at home now. Um, I don't think they shoot the lights out from three the way they did, even though they're in their home gym. Uh, but I like this game is going under 132. So a uh, number of games quickly jumping to the NHL. There are just four games on the slate tonight. Uh, a few interesting, a few of the big teams uh, going. We've got Minnesota traveling traveling to Winnipeg, traveling up to Winnipeg. 
You can get the Wild at minus 135 as a favorite. You can get the Jets at home as plus 115 underdogs. Um, Florida travels to Carolina, which is probably the game of the night. This should be a very good game. Uh, Carolina's favorite there at home, minus 115. You can get the Panthers minus 105. Probably some value in taking the Panthers on the road at minus 105, but Carolina's one of the best teams in the league and playing really well, so I, can't, I don't really want to go against them. Anaheim travels to Calgary in their Western Canada trip. Uh, you can get the Ducks at plus 185. You can get the Flames at minus 225. I don't think there's any value here. I, I, I would lean Calgary to win, but at minus 225. Anaheim's had some good road wins this year in the last month or so. So they're not completely out of it. There might be some value in them at plus 185, but Calgary's been playing fairly well, so hard to go against them. And then the the nightcap ends with the Avalanche travel to Vegas to play the Golden Knights. You have the Avalanche minus 135 favorites. Golden Knights you can get at home plus 115. Rarely do you see a Golden Knights game where you're getting plus money on them at home, so there's probably value there. The Avalanche has just been playing so well uh, and are such a good team offensively and defensively, so hard to go against them. Uh, but if you are looking for an underdog in the night, I think getting Vegas at home plus 115 uh, is a pretty good deal. Uh, you can get them on the puck line at plus 105, but it's minus 220. I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. Um, so if I had to lean on anything tonight, I would lean on the Vegas Knights at plus 115, but staying away from those four games. So uh, before I go, though, I do want to quickly talk about a couple of our partners. One is Thrive Fantasy, T-H-R-I-V-E. Uh, prop up with Thrive Fantasy in their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. You can use the code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two or four free game tickets. Pick the player prop nights and the bi- pick the player props on the biggest names every night. Score points when your props hit and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And if you need information on props, um, we touch on it here a few times, but I highly recommend you check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or our podcast. Um, they've got daily information, obviously, for DFS. A lot of good insight. And if you're a member on our site, you can get a lot of good DFS um, write-ups every day. Um, so you can check us out there. But again, uh, go to Thrive Fantasy and use the code ETHOS uh, when you sign up at thrivefantasy.com. A couple other partners is, I'm sure you've heard me and everybody else these days talk about manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com and use the code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-20, uh, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. And also our pals at MyBookie. If you're looking for a, a new sports book to use or an additional sports book, which I highly recommend, you know, that you have multiple sports books, check out MyBookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up, which will unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, one MDA play, a couple of bigger NCAA plays, and then a couple off-the-map America East plays. Should be an interesting night. And I uh, hope everybody gets their fill of the NBA before it shuts down for five or six days over the weekend for the All-Star Game. And have a good evening, everyone. Good luck on your plays, and we will catch you tomorrow. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.